0: Welcome to UNews, the podcast, using the power of Univision to bring the news that matters to you in English. Today is Wednesday, October 16th. I'm Carolina Rosario. These are today's headlines. With the impeachment inquiry continuing, Vice President Pence refusing to comply with a handover of documents, as the White House scrambles to contain a growing number of leaks from inside the administration. President Trump criticizing the Kurdish people, calling them, quote, no angels, as he continues to defend his decision to abandon the former U.S. allies in Syria. And it was debate night in Ohio. Senator Elizabeth Warren under attack as she continues to push ahead in the polls. These and much more today on EU News, transmitting live from our newsroom in Miami. We begin this hour with Syria in crisis, as a high-level delegation from the United States prepares to head to Turkey. Stunning comments from President Trump saying Syria is, quote, not our problem. This as the outrage over the U.S. pullout shows no sign of letting up. Roger Borges, join us with the latest. Roger.
1: Uh, Carolina, the president meeting this morning at the White House with president of Italy. Reporters were allowed in for the beginning of the meeting and started asking questions about the situation in Syria. The president tried to distance himself when asked about Turkey attacking Syria. He said, quote, it's not our problem. The president also spoke about the Kurds, who were longtime partners with the U.S. in the fight against ISIS. But the United States pulling out of the region left the Kurds without protection. Many people criticized the move, saying America was stabbing our allies in the back. Trump doesn't see it that way. He says American troops are safer now. In the meantime, uh, our soldiers are not in harm's way, as they shouldn't be as two countries fight over land. That has nothing to do with us. And uh, the Kurds are much safer right now, but the Kurds know how to fight. And as I said, they're not angels. They're not angels. President Trump also reacted to news of Russia moving into Syria. Let's take a listen. Syria is pulling in. Syria probably will have a partner of Russia. So if Russia wants to get involved with with Syria, that's really up to them. They have a, a problem with Turkey. They have a problem at a border. It's not our border. We shouldn't be losing lives over it. All this is going on as Vice President Mike Pence and Secretary of State Mike Pompeo are being dispatched to try and broker a deal to end the fighting. The delegation is leaving Washington, D.C. Later today, it's not clear how much success they will have. Turkey's president has already dismissed the notion of a ceasefire in Syria. Now, President Trump is also set to discuss the rising tensions in Syria with congressional leaders this afternoon. Among those expected to attend, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Carolina, back to you now.
0: Roger, and I want to ask you, is there any chance anything will be accomplished at today's meeting? Because the president doesn't seem to be backing down from his decision.
1: Well, that's actually a great question. In fact, President Trump said his decision to move American forces from the border area was, quote, strategically brilliant. But in Washington, where Democrats and Republicans can't seem to agree on any issue, both sides say this was a bad decision. Republican Senator Lindsey Graham, who who has supported President Trump, On a number of issues and has even gone golfing with him, says if the U.S. abandons the Kurds, it will affect our national security and that Trump will need to own the reemergence of ISIS. Carolina?
0: Thank you, Roger. And let's see what happens. Testimony said for two days from a former State Department official, key figures in the Trump administration are all defined congressional subpoenas, refusing to turn over any documents related to Ukraine. Pablo Gato has the latest from Washington, D.C.
2: Mike Pence, the secretary of defense and other members of the administration refused to hand over documents to the Congress regarding the impeachment investigation. And so did Rudy Giuliani. Any attempt to block the investigation will be considered as obstruction and may be part of possible articles of impeachment, say the Democrats.
3: We know from the witnesses who have come forward that there are additional documents that they have provided the State Department that have not been given to Congress. Um, And so the evidence of obstruction of Congress continues to mount.
2: Trump pressured Nancy Pelosi to vote authorizing the impeachment inquiry, but she refused. She said that she's happy with the way the process is going. The Republicans continue to say that if there is no vote, the inquiry is illegitimate. Surely, any such process must be conducted with the utmost fairness and transparency. It must be held to the most exacting of standards, and yet, House Democrats have wasted no time throwing fairness and precedent to the wind. The Democrats reject the accusation and say that they are doing everything by the book and the decision in the House is done by then, not by Trump. According to the last poll, 52% of Americans are in favor of an impeachment, an increase of seven points since June. 46% are against, a decrease of seven points also since June. Today, a veteran of the State Department, Michael McKinley, testifies in the investigation. He resigned to his post. Before him, the former State Department official in charge of Ukraine in the Trump administration, George Kent, also testified before Congress. He says that he complained about what he called a disinformation campaign in Ukraine by Giuliani regarding the Bidens. According to him, the State Department ignored him. Fiona Hill, the former main Trump-Russia adviser, also testified that she complained about what she called irregularities in Ukraine to the National Security Council lawyer, but also was ignored. The Democrats say that this is not about a phone call, but a concerted effort by different people to pressure Ukraine to investigate the Bidens. And tomorrow, all the attention will be focused on the important testimony of Gordon Sondland. That's all for a moment from Washington, back to you in the studios.
0: Thank you, Pablo Gato in Washington, D.C. Now to the Democratic showdown in Ohio. Twelve candidates taking the stage on Tuesday night. The focus clearly on Elizabeth Warren, the Massachusetts senator, under heavy fire from her rivals, including Joe Biden, who she has been catching up to in the polls. And with us to analyze the debate, it's political science professor Steven Nuno Perez of Northern Arizona University. Thanks for joining us, Stephen.
4: Hey, thanks for having me, Kelly.
0: Stephen, first, uh, what stood out for you from last night's debate?
4: Well, I think what stood out was this is the first time that we see that Warren is the clear um, clear leader amongst the pack. Right, everyone was kind of attacking her, going after her policies. uh, You know, Buttigieg is um, you know kind of started it off. You know. On, uh, on Warren and I think everyone kind of is is, is jumping in on, on that right everyone's reading the polls and seeing that uh, Warren has made a lot of progress over the last couple months and now going into the next you know critical couple months you know I think one of the the, the questions is going to be important is um, you know who's going to have all the momentum going into uh, going uh, going into Iowa in the next uh, next couple months here
0: Hmm. And definitely one of the most tweeted moments about of the night was when Julian Castro shimmed in during a back and forth on better or worse mandatory gun by program. So let's listen to it.
1: In the places that I grew up in, we weren't exactly looking for another reason for cops to come banging on the door. And y'all saw a couple of days ago what happened to a Tatiana Jefferson in Fort Worth, a cop showed up at two in the morning at her house when she was playing video games with her, net- with her nephew He didn't even announce himself, and within four seconds he shot her and killed her through her home window. She was in her own home. And so I am not going to give these police officers another reason to go door to door in certain communities because police violence is also gun violence, and we need to address that.
0: So, Steven, what was it about that response that resonated with people?
4: You know, I, I think Kasher has been a, a real asset to the Democratic Party in, in the debates. You know, he's brought a lot of these issues to the forefront and has really talked about issues in uh, framing them in a way in which it has kind of forced the rest of the, the pack um, to, to look at these issues. I mean, looking at uh, gun violence as police violence or police violence as gun violence really changes the frame in how we look at uh, guns, you know. work. I mean federal war, kind of concentrating on the distribution of guns in terms of you know getting them out of the hands of of people you know such as the el paso um you know massacre right um but you know here's castro really connecting the dots uh in in a way that affects um you know people of color uh you know poor people in poor communities uh and looking at how the police and how gun violence is actually connected and he's really the only one um, that is able to make those connections. And I can bet you, in the, next, you know, in the next debate, there are going to be more discussions about this because he really has is, is done a great job of, of connecting the dots uh, for the Democratic Party. But they should be paying him a consulting fee. <laughs>
0: mm, very interesting. So changing a little bit the subject, uh, everyone last night, we saw that everyone was supporting the impeachment proceedings. Everyone denounced Trump for his decision to withdraw troops from Syria. But there was no real serious talk about immigration why do you think that was the case
4: well i i think that the candidates seem to be concerned about um, a different set of voters in this election or at least in this debate um there wasn't a whole lot of talk about about justice right i mean i think one again castro with connecting isis and kids in cages right i mean he said you know here you have donald trump releasing isis fighters from cages and and putting you know immigrants in cages or kids in cages um, again, able to connect the dots, you know, for the people in a way that is uh, unique to to the candidates. Um, but also, right, I, I think that the the candidates here are concerned about a particular group of people, and right now, it kind of seems like it's it's the people with the money, right, the funders, the um, you know the elites here that are going to be listened in to see uh, to see their pitches. Um, you know, I think they're going to start concentrating uh, more on. Um, minorities, black voters in particular, is going to be really important going into um, the next couple of uh, next couple of months, um, and I think they're going to be paying more attention to that. But I think this election or this debate was a little bit more about um, uh, appealing to those uh, to those other folks.
0: Absolutely, we hope to see the immigration subject, anyways, in, in future debates. But I just want to ask you, um, better work slipped into Spanish to answer a question about Russia. So first, let's listen to it.
4: So if there are not consequences, we will continue to see this problem going forward. But in addition, y además, to answer the previous question that you asked.
0: So was this a small attempt to curt Latinos or show his command of the language?
4: Yes, definitely. I, I think one of the important things with the Democratic Party is being able to Connect with multiple groups of people at the same time across various, you know, uh, various issues. You know, one of the things that the Democrats have been, you know, listening to when it comes to people of color and the Spanish community is that, you know, immigration is not the only issue that matters to Hispanics. You know, so Hispanics, you know, contribute a lot to, to our, our armed services, right? So um, they are uh, they're generally kind of overrepresented when it comes to uh, people on the ground. And Hispanics care about you know their, their sons and daughters who are going off to Iraq and um and to into uh, uh other countries and who may be getting sent to Saudi Arabia. So being able to uh to cross um you know groups talking about issues uh, like you know our presence in the Middle East and in our you know our allies in, in the Middle East Um, I I think really kind of acknowledges that the the contribution of the Hispanic community Um, and I think he's just, you know, trying to, trying to, um, uh, trying to communicate that, that he recognizes that.
0: And finally, Professor, before the debate, many people were wondering how Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders would hold up just after two weeks after a heart attack. So how do you think he did?
4: You know, I think he did great. I, it, it seems as though the campaign was concerned about how this obviously this is going to look. You know, with, with given, um, you know, at, you know Castro, you know, sort of bringing up in in a, in a way his age. And um, I think with the heart attack, I think the the campaign seems to be concerned about how people are going to look at uh, look at him and his ability to you know to make it through a campaign um, against uh, Donald Trump. But you know, also, also of course. Coming out with you know uh, with Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, right? You know the notion that she's going to endorse him, you know, really makes his campaign seem a little bit younger, right? So putting a younger face on his campaign um, is also, I think, an attempt to do that. Um, Whether or not that is going to be seen as a strength or a weakness, you know, we'll see. Um, I'm not sure there's there's too much um, overlap between you know Ocasio Cortez voters and um, any of the others, right? So I think I think if you're on board with uh, Ocasio Cortez. They're probably already a Bernie fan, um, but I, I so I think this might communicate that um, they are concerned that uh, he's going to be viewed as as not being able to get through a tough campaign and putting those younger faces uh, on on his campaign is is to uh, uh, to help shore that up.
0: Interesting. Thank you, Professor Steven Nuno Perez, for that analysis and talking with us today. Have a great day. My
4: pleasure. Thank you very much. Bye bye.
0: Thank you, and now we are learning that the United Auto Workers and General Motors have reached a tentative agreement for a new four-year contract. It happened on day 31st of the strike. The union and GM have been working for months on a new contract and officially went on strike on September 14, when the previous contract expired. According to the union, until the UAW-GM Council votes to approve the proposed tentative agreement, the strike will continue. The council will make that decision on Thursday. Now to California, where the governor has signed a bill that gives new protections to undocumented immigrants. The new law bans immigrants authorities from accessing residents' personal information on state databases. Dulce Castellanos explains. Immigration and Customs Enforcement will no longer access California's state databases,
3: including the Department of Motor Vehicles, for immigration enforcement which could protect over one million undocumented immigrants.
0: The Trump administration knows no limits. And the only limits they know are those that we impose on them, that we must be very firm, very clear, and letting the, letting the Trump administration know that California is not the rest of the country. Uh, we will not allow him to come in uh, to abuse our data systems, to try to utilize them to disrupt the family life of our immigrant community, to try to, create separations.
3: A new law prohibits ICE from utilizing the database to obtain information unless it is for a criminal investigation. But the alleged crime cannot be for entering the country illegally. Los Angeles Councilmember Gilbert uh, Cedillo, who was a strong proponent of AB 60, the law that allows undocumented individuals to obtain a driver's license, applauded the state for protecting the community.
0: Well, look, the driver's license has been a a spectacular success. And what we see now is the quality of life for those families has improved, and it's improved California. Those children are now able to go and study, graduate, go to college.
3: He laments that ICE would try to utilize what opened doors for many against them. The bill arose after immigrants reported that ICE agents presented a photocopy of their driver's license when they were arrested. AB 60 has been a blessing for California, and it is not fair that now they use this data against this vulnerable community, said this activist. The department has stated that it does not share information with ICE. However, it does not provide a separate database for AB 60 driver's license, which means federal agencies can conduct searches. The law goes into effect in 2020, and it will allow the Attorney General's office to conduct audits to monitor compliance. In Los Angeles, Dulce Castellanos, you News.
0: New worries in Puerto Rico after a wave of violence. Six people dead after a deadly shutout at a housing project this past weekend. Puerto Rico's governor holding an urgent meeting to address the violence. Gianni Aponte has a report.
5: what seemed like an endless burst of shots fired by hitmen with automatic weapons shook this community in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Left behind is a scene littered with unrecognizable bodies and more than a thousand scattered bullet casings. This bloody attack is the fifth massacre so far this year in Puerto Rico.
1: It surprised me.
5: Nobody was waiting for something like this. A mother doesn't expect their children to get killed that innocent people will die. When something like this happens, we have to demand answers because we don't know what's going on. According to authorities, there is a war between gangs linked to drug trafficking, a fight to the death in the narco world. The investigation into this terrible incident is in progress. There is a strong possibility that this is happening due to drugs. These people came to do a job. Many of these cases are orders directed to the person they need to kill. Reported by Veronica Brautagnon, this is Gianni Aponte for U News.
0: More of U News after this short break. Welcome back to U News. Two big stories involving your cell phones. Let's now go to Annabelle
6: Sedano with today's tech report. Annabelle. Hi there, that's right, and we begin with this. Well, it's pretty fancy. Yeah, the Pixel 4, that is. Google revealed its newest smartphone. It features a solely radar chip to enable more secure, faster facial recognition and gesture controls. It has a new look, new color, a telephoto camera, and it features a new auto-transcribing app that uses artificial intelligence to translate audio into text in near real-time. It starts at about $800 and ships October 24th. Apple on the other hand, could be working on an iPhone that's smaller and more economical. It could potentially launch the following year, that's 2020, that's according to a report. It says that the iPhone SE could have a smaller screen, that would be about 4.7 inches, and would probably still have its home button, so we'll stay tuned for that and could only have one camera. And finally, a plant has taken the botanical world's first selfie. According to the Zoological Society of London, trials involving a maidenhair burn called Pete saw it take photographs of itself every 20 seconds using the waste energy it had generated scientist says scientists said the ability of shade loving plants to produce low levels of energy to supply fuel cells would revolutionize wildlife monitoring the technology could help scientists learn more about remote rainforests interesting right I'm Annabelle Sedano and that was your daily dose of tech news have a good one guys Thanks for listening to U News, the podcast.
0: Don't forget to follow U News on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review. And join us tomorrow for a new episode. Until then.